to For Good Measure, an interview series celebrating diverse composers and other creative artists, sponsored by a grant from the California Arts Council. I'm Nanette McGinnis, Artistic Executive Director of Ensemble for These Times. In this week's episode, we continue our conversation with Erica Oba, who we spoke to in May 2022. Does having women mentors make a difference? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's made a huge, and I think it's made maybe a difference in how like they approach mentoring too, because like they knew what the landscape was like. And, you know, Gabriella often talks about how she's trying to be the mentor that she was, she wishes that she'd had when she was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, she's very thoughtful and conscientious of that. And I, I think that makes a huge difference and you know, the, the kind of relationship that I'm able to have with her. And it's something that I really want to work on. So, you know, as I, you know, hopefully progress in my career, I'm able to be that person for younger people coming after me. And in my private lessons, I try really hard to like, you know, not, you know, always like hear, hear where my students are coming from because uh, I feel like that was a struggle in some spaces I was in. Does it make a difference having mentors or teachers who look like you? I have longed for that a little bit. And if I have opportunities to interface with more Asian American female composers, I, I think I would like to. And actually, I, I recently got to meet and know Jen Shu, who I, uh, she's so wonderful. She's a multidisciplinary artist um, doing really I should have I should have listed it earlier when I was talking about influences like encountering her work blew my mind and has like been very, very inspiring. And like I the only live concert that I've gone to see that I wasn't performing in this fall was Jen Shoes and just like completely like shattered my soul. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten to study with her, but like just like meeting her and encountering her work has, I think, uh, been really wonderful and yeah I would I would like to I think um if I could find some Asian American female mentors I would like that my sister actually I guess my older sister she's two years older than me so she's not that much older than me but she's also a composer and um I should have mentioned her earlier she's my first mentor (laughs) oh that's sweet that's sweet yeah just seeing her do what she does uh ahead of me I think did make it feel possible for me to do the things that I do. So in that way, I guess I had at least one model of someone who literally looks like me. (laughs) Did you have events canceled during the pandemic? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that might be ongoing. I have some things scheduled in the spring that I'm a little bit nervous might get postponed or turned into live streams or like even um so my uh, my chamber group the slide ensemble that i mentioned earlier we were originally going to do a live performance um in november at the center for new music in san francisco and then you know as we got closer to it we opted for a live stream with you know delta variant doing its thing and i think people still being quite cautious about going out to live shows so yeah (laughs) Um, and actually my spring is getting quite full because things that had been scheduled, you know, earlier this year got postponed and now they're all scheduled <laughs> in the first half of 2022. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So if fingers crossed, I'm hope I'm hopeful, uh, that things are going in a good direction. 
Any advice for young women composers or for emerging aspiring composers in the pandemic landscape? Yeah, I would... I guess the advice I wish I'd gotten as a young woman composer um, that I would like to impart on on as many younger women as I can um, is to, yeah, just find the people that will support you. Like if you're a composer, just find the performers that will be excited about the things you want to try um, and support you in that. Find the mentors that will go to bat for you because that that makes such a huge difference. And to not try to contort yourself to, to fit what you think other people want you to be, whether that's your mentors or institutions that you're at. And, you know, the strength in numbers. So if you find the people who will support you and that you can form, you know, communities and coalitions with, you'll, you'll be stronger for it and you'll be able to make more and interesting work that's longer lasting. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, that's part of my advice. And to, yeah, if a space or people are not serving you, and they don't see you for how you want to be seen, like, leave it. <laughs> I know that's easier said than done, especially if you're like at school or something. Uh, but I feel like I, you know, in, in various points in my life, I expended a lot of energy trying to like fit into certain molds that were not serving me in the ways that I think they needed to. So yeah, just try to own own the things that you are and support the people around you that look like they need it. And uh, in turn, you'll get your support too. And for pandemic era composing advice, and personally, the upside for me of having my performance career put on complete hold was that I had more time to study and compose. (laughs) So yeah, not having gigs on the weekends means that you know, you actually have time to sit at home and like study scores (laughs) and (laughs) compose a little bit. So I guess if you're able to take that time, you know, study and just make a regular habit of composing and and work on that craft. And also, I think one upside of these past two years is that people are a lot more open and now used to doing remote collaborations. So that's definitely, I think, a, a, a rich avenue for exploration. And if you're able to find people to connect with, even if they're not local to you, you know, you can write new works for somebody, have them read it, workshop it, and just kind of hone up on your skills that way. And also like create more community, even if someone like lives in New York or Boston or the Midwest or and, and you're here. And I think that that can be really valuable. And I've, I've found a great value in being able to do that. What upcoming events or projects are you looking forward to? My uh, most immediate one is the one I just mentioned. I have a live stream um, from Center of New Music's channel on this coming Wednesday, December 15th. Um, My chamber group decided to do a themed concert of new works uh, centered on California ecology. So our program is of California ecology and each of the three ensemble members contributed a new work. And uh, we also got to commission two composers, uh, Kian Reve and our dear friend Julie Herndon. So we've got uh, new works by these five composers. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to share that. We had um, a, a, like a soft premiere, a house concert that we did um, that was really lovely. And I feel very grateful we got to do that. And uh, I'm also excited to share it again. Um, and we, we filmed it properly. So like it'll 
it'll be a proper performance. <laughs> um, and then <clears throat> in the spring, we're doing that program one more time at UC Davis, because uh, one of our members, Jacob Lane, is currently getting his doctorate at UC Davis. And then other projects, um, one of the things that got postponed is uh, um, a music show, a, a play that I was supposed to music direct at Shotgun Players um, at Ashby Stage in Berkeley. Uh, they're doing a reading of a show called My Hate Letter to the Great American Theater by Diana O. Oh, that I'm very excited by. Uh, some exciting music and potentially maybe some, some original music might be added to this show. Uh, so that's in February. And then uh, I'm currently writing music for a play by the playwright Carol Lashoff, um, and she's been working on a play of uh, sort of a, a remix. Um, I think she's calling it a remix, reworking of uh, the 1908 play "The Melting Pot" by Israel Zangwo. And so I've been, we've, we've been working, we've been collaborating on this for a few years now. So this was one of the things that had gotten postponed too. Um, so I'm really excited for that. It's going to be a reading, like a concert reading. So it's, it's not really a musical, it's a play with, and it's not quite incidental music either. So it's like a play with some music integrated into it. Um, and we're supposed to, fingers crossed, have our reading for that in April. Uh, and then, you know, after a pretty long COVID hiatus, I'm kind of coming back into my jazz piano life as well. And I have a new trio that I'm forming um, with a drummer and a bass player that I'm pretty excited by. And we have a show in March scheduled and a second show, hopefully sometime later, maybe in May. Thank you for listening to For Good Measure and a special thank you to our guest, Erica Oba, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast by clicking on the subscribe button and support us by sharing it with your friends, posting about it on social media, and leaving us a rating and a review. To learn more about E4TT, our concert season online and in the Bay Area, or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit us at www.e4tt.org. This podcast is made possible in part by a grant from the California Arts Council and generous donors like you. Four Good Measures produced by Nanette McGinnis and Ensemble for These Times and designed by Brennan Stokes. With special thanks to audio engineer extraordinaire Stephanie Newman. Remember to keep supporting equity in the arts and tune in next week for Good Measure.